Hey, hey, everyone. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Just a Moment with Mila. I am your host, Jamila. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Today is Monday, February 7th, and I am back with a new episode. So without further ado, let's go. Chesley Christ, the 2019 Miss USA winner, died at the age of 30 years old on January 30th. Chris was a former Division I athlete, North Carolina attorney, and she was an outspoken advocate for mental health awareness. Chris died by suicide again on January 30th. Regina King's son, Ian Alexander Jr., also died by suicide. He was 26, and he died on January 21st, which was about a week earlier. Now, mental health is something that the Black community tends to avoid talking about for various reasons. Um, We don't talk about it because of shame. We don't talk about it because, you know, religious folks try to tell us just to pray about it. Um, We don't seek help like we should for, for various reasons. We don't have health insurance. Um, doctors don't believe us when we tell us something's wrong and it's just a taboo topic you know if you tell somebody that you're suffering from depression or anxiety um, you know people will again just tell you to pray about it or they tell you to go take a walk or you'll get over it it'll be over soon the black community does not take mental health as seriously as it should. And um, it's it's time to take it seriously because I think that the pandemic has just amplified um, the issues that a lot of people have already been facing um, or they brought up or the pandemic just brought about, you know, a whole new set of issues for people. And it's, it's, it's a lot for, for everybody in general, but right now for this particular um, episode, I want to focus on us. I want to focus on black folks. And um, again, I just feel like, we need to really get a grip on the conversation. We need to start having the conversations. Yes, we need to start getting help. Um, you know, and that's a, a different, that's a separate issue. And again, there are different reasons why people don't get help. But um, I want to just focus right now on having the conversation in the event that 
you are someone who is struggling with a mental health um, crisis, whether it's depression or anxiety or bipolar disorder, whatever it is, um, and 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 I, I want to be clear that um, you know these things have to be diagnosed. Um, I know specifically for depression, you have you you would have had to um, exhibit symptoms and signs for a certain amount of time. I believe that amount of time is at least two years. Um, so, and, and also keep in mind that these things don't necessarily go away. They can be managed, they can be treated, but they don't go away. Um, it's important for us to muster up the courage, no matter how hard it is, and it is very hard, it's important for us to muster up the courage to start talking about these things. We need to normalize not being okay because it really is okay to not be okay. Um, and, you know, again, people will say whatever. People will try to shame you for, you know, going through what you're going through. But you have to find a way to kind of tune them out, tune out the the naysayers or the, the negativity, right? And be and, and and just understand that it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to admit and acknowledge that you're not okay because you're not gonna you're not going to get to a place of feeling safe with your feelings and your emotions if you can't or if you won't acknowledge that they exist. Um, so, you know, find someone that you can confide in. Find someone that you can tell these things to, that you can have these conversations with. Um, find safe spaces. Or, and if you can't find a safe space, create the safe space. Um, again, there's no shame in not being okay. Um, you are not alone if you're not okay. Um, in some capacity, in some way, shape, or form, none of us are okay. If we really want to keep it all the way real. Like, all of us are struggling in some way, um, some more than others, but, you know, and not all of it is, is mental health, um, not all of it is a, a mental health crisis, but, you know, we're all struggling, but for the sake of this particular conversation, if, if you are struggling with depression or anxiety or any other kind of crisis, um, you got to tell somebody and it's again I, I keep saying it it's hard to reach out um because you know 
for you know for very various reasons like i said um the stigma behind it the the judgment behind it the shame behind it the the religious you know demonization of de- demonization of it um just you know reasons that aren't um just reasons that don't make any sense (laughs) um people are always going to have something to say when you exhibit that you are you know anything but joyful and positive and things like that but it's it's okay to not be okay. I don't know how else to really put it. Um, you know, I don't have. I I wanted to speak from my heart um, because I felt like this was important to to really say and to really drive home for people. Um, so find somebody that you can talk to. Um, if you know somebody who is struggling. Be there for that person. Um, yes, they have to take the initiative. It has to be on them to to open up. It has to be on them to have the conversation. It has to be on them to want to get help. Um, but at least offer to to you know take them someplace where they can get the help. Offer to be an ear. Um, offer to give advice or to just listen or to be a shoulder or to spend time or whatever it is that that person might need in their time of need. Um, You know, be that thing that that person needs because you could potentially save a life. All right, so um, I am going to take a quick break and when I come back, I want to read some things um, that some people sent to me. All right. So sit tight and I'll be right back. Okay. So um, a couple of days ago, I put out a call, so to speak, on social media, on my Twitter and on um, my Facebook asking my friends and followers if anyone had any um, stories to share with regard to their battles with depression. When it started, how they knew that that they had it, um, how they knew they were struggling rather, um, and what they do to cope. And if they would be willing to share those stories with me privately and in turn, I would share their stories on air. So I got a few responses. Um, I will not identify the people, but I will read um, what they shared with me. So the first message says, I do not have any depression issues, but I once worked with a co-worker who did. 
She eventually quit the job because she couldn't, because she could barely deal with life. My family members, one had a mild schizophrenia, but it's well managed. Another family member once told me that they wanted to kill themselves. They were encouraged to get a therapist and they eventually found some self-care methods and medical remedies. So that was the first message that I got. Another message that I got says, Demi Lovato's unedited song, Anyone, told me I've been depressed for a while. It manifests in forgetfulness, anxiety, stress, big roller coaster emotions, and faking enjoyment in anything. Another message. Um, this one is kind of long, but I'm going to I'm going to read it. Um, it says I became aware that I was not just sad, but depressed back in 2005 when I started adding rum to my AM smoothie and didn't want to do anything other than stare at the TV and write sad fanfics. I felt lethargic, hopeless and wanted to die every day. I did a lot of pretending I was okay because, quote unquote, the strong woman, right? One day I noticed my daughter had gotten breasts and I felt terrible. I called the hotline and got a psychiatric appointment, which led to therapy and classes. This part is very important. I want you guys to hear this. Depression doesn't go away, I learned. So I still seek out coping methods, talking, meandering walks, crafting, etc. when I feel myself sinking. Sometimes I just give in to the darkness and lie around, but less often. (sighs) Okay, now this last one um, is a lot, but... I'm going to read it because I think that it's worth it. And I think also it's important to read this one um, because it. Um, I'm not going to reveal the identity, but I will say that this particular response is from a man. And men in particular, Black men, um, don't. They're, they're not as open, at least not with women, um, you know, about these kinds of things. So I, I'm honored that this person shared this with me. So I'm going to read it. Um, it says, the physical symptoms of my anxiety actually led me to seek help before I knew I had anxiety or depression. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being, oh my God, I'm going to die of a heart attack. Um, This bathroom floor is cold and safe. And 1 being tingly feeling with a little, I'm not sure, in in the shoulders. I'm not sure what he was trying to say right there. Um, the, the, I I guess he's saying the tension in his neck. Is what caused him is is what caused me to talk to a doctor that recommended therapy. I resisted it in my thirties. Um, when during my first session, the doctor was writing, 
a prescription 20 minutes in. In my 40s, with more success, marriage, people depending on me, and a stressful career, I sought help through medication, followed by therapy. It saved my life. He goes on to say, one more thing on the anxiety front, which is common knowledge, but a revelation for me, was the shallow breathing as the anxiety builds. Panic attacks led me also to talk, I'm sorry, led me to also seek out yoga breathing practices. And I've had years without therapy or meds that were constant six or seven on the anxiety scale. Finding my breath was the first physical thing I learned to ease the physical symptoms. And he goes on to say, um, I'm now getting into trauma and PTSD with my therapist and where my anxiety and depression stem from. Childhood traumas, dealing with death and loss, adult traumas, etc. It was very hard to get to this point as a young, some have said, good looking, beautiful girlfriend, now wife, two parent home, etc. My friends could never understand how someone like me could be anxious or depressed. So I, like many, learned to wear masks. I learned to wear them very well. As black people, we are we are already forced to wear masks in many ways to maneuver in spaces in this country. But I discovered wearing a mask in all aspects of my life to hide what was going on in my brain. I was wearing a mask. In the short time I've been in therapy, I realized many thought many things, but most importantly, I'm not alone with what goes on in my brain. Others out there are struggling just like me, and it's okay to not be okay. And lastly, he says, also my therapist, his first real therapist of three months was a white man. Uh, We cleared the air in the first session about him being white and how I was a little skeptical about opening up to him. I think it was the second session where he said something to the effect of, that sounds exhausting. And it felt genuine and I have never had a white person say that to me. He may or may not understand what it's like to be me, but I I felt empathy and the wanting to hear more and i've kept showing up at the zoom calls once a week so um i wanted to to share those stories with you guys because um you know i like i said i wanted to kind of i guess i want to have the conversation you know, I want to create a space where people feel comfortable with having the conversation. So, um, as you know, this last person reiterating, reiterated, and as I did earlier, it's okay to not be okay. And um, hopefully, if you are not okay, you feel less alone after listening to this. Um and I'm sorry if my words are jumbled or my thoughts are unclear. Um, but, you know, I'm 
I'm kind of struggling through this myself. So, um, so I guess I needed to, <laughs> I needed to have this conversation as well. So, um, hopefully again, this was helpful to somebody. Hopefully it helps you guys know that you're not alone and that I'm going to say it again. It's okay to not be okay. All right. All right. All right, guys. So thank you um, for joining in on this uh, this episode. Thank you for listening. Um, thank you for indulging me. And um, I think that I do want to continue having the conversation. Um, so next week, I'm going to talk about um, coping mechanisms and self-care tips. I know that I've done some of that before, but it's it's worth going over again um, in, in this regard and, and with regard to this particular conversation. It's important, y'all. So um, again, thank you all for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful Monday. I hope that you enjoy the rest of your week. And I will see you back here next Monday. All right. Take care. If you or someone you know is struggling with suicidal thoughts, please contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255.